0: some So last week we began our new series called Destinations, and we began with the principle of the path. Basically, the principle of the path says direction determines destination. Um, if you go to Buffalo, Texas, and you turn right on I-45 and you head north, are you going to get to Galveston to get on a cruise ship? No. Why? Because the direction you chose makes it impossible to get there. So your direction determines where you end up every time. Say every time. Your direction determines where you end up every time. Say every time people choose the wrong path all the time and they end up way away from where they hope they'd be. They're over here. Their hopes and dreams are over here. And then they say, why God, why am I in this place? And God and your friends say it's because the path you chose led you where you are today. So if this path is a big deal, how do I, how do I choose the right path? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. That's a great question. Talk about that this week and next week. Um, No one wants to wake up in their thirties and realize they've missed, they've messed up their twenties, right? I was talking to a young man this week and he said to me, he was glassy eyed. He's in his early thirties. He's married, got a family. And he said, man, I can't believe some of the paths I went on in my, in my twenties, and and he said, uh, just this, this look of, I wish I could go back, but you can't go back. That's the problem. The sad thing about, about our lives, our stories, is you don't get to do your 20s over again. You only get one chance. You don't get a do-over. You only get one to be a senior in high school one time. Well, maybe a couple, but you only get to be a first year senior one time in high school, right? Um, you only get to one first marriage. You only get one first year in college. And the Bible tells us over and over not to waste our time because our time represents our life, and you don't get a do over when it comes to time or your life. So the last thing we need to do is to complicate our lives by choosing the wrong path. So we need to ask questions like, "Whom do I date? Whom do I marry? Do uh, how do you know if moving in with someone before marriage is the right path? Because because living together before before marriage, that's a path. Marriage is a path. Dating is a path and you're on a path to somewhere. Why is it such a big deal? Because here it is. If you're lost when you're driving, you lose a few minutes. If you get lost in life, you lose years God doesn't want you to waste your life. He doesn't want you to lose years. So he gives us some really clear instructions from his word. And so we're going to memorize this verse. And the way we're going to memorize this verse is the way that I memorize verses. And and you may say, well, this isn't the way I memorize verses. I don't care when you're preaching. You can teach us how you memorize. This is how I memorize. So what I do is I take a phrase and I repeat it five times. And so I'm going to say the first phrase of this verse, and then you're going to repeat it five times. And, and, and if you've ever been in a Baptist church, in old tradition, Baptist Church, they had um, responsive readings, which nobody could get right. I see Casey shaking his head. If you don't know, it's okay. You you didn't miss anything, but this is the closest we'll ever get to responsive reading. That's the point of that. All right, so I'm going to say the first phrase just till the first comma, and then you're going to say it five times. The prudent see danger and take refuge. It's not a race. The prudent... One more time. Now, Jeff, when you're over 50, sometimes you got to do it 10 times. So if you need to keep going, then then seven. All right. It's seven. But when you get. Yeah, it's coming. Ten's coming. All right. Let's do the second half of the phrase, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Good job. Amy's got it, man. She's got the rhythm, the cadence. She's got it going. Now, if this were me and I'm memorizing cuz I actually have verses here on my iPad that I memorize, so when when I quote something, this is the this is the way that I memorize. So I'll do it and then I would do the whole thing. I'd do both phrases 10 times. I mean, 5 times and then I would say Proverbs 27:12 each time because it's not enough just to know um kind of where the verse is when Satan hits you, you need to know the address. So I'm not going to make you do the whole thing five that's just too much, but y'all Y'all were good. Y'all were, I'm going to have to tell the early service, they sucked compared to y'all. But I think it was a race. We had some teenage boys up here and they kept racing. So anyway, so here's the deal. In this verse, you see two different people. You see two perspectives to the same thing and two very, very different outcomes. So we're going to look at that today. Two people, two responses, two different outcomes. Now, if you're like me, you know people whose lives are a mess, right? And, and maybe they start sharing their life with you, their life story, and, and it could be over coffee, it could be at small group, you know, we have celebrate recovery, we got men's groups, we got women's groups, somewhere somebody starts sharing a story with you, and, and you, you hear the story, and at some point you go, dude, you should have seen that coming, right? You've heard it now. Me, because of the nature of my job, I don't just think it a lot of times. A lot of times I go, wasn't there a moment where like a red flag went up or some voice in your head went off and you're like, maybe I shouldn't do this. And they're like, yes, but there's always a big but now. Um. Here's here's the point. There should be. This week, I couldn't sleep one night, so I was up watching TV. I was reading, and I was watching ESPN, and they had a new segment on there that I'd never seen before. It's called the Oh No segment, and it's when when one of the football players, because that's what season we're in, does something really, really dumb and really badly affects the team. So like um, last week, there was a team. I don't even know what team it was. Some lower division team was playing Clemson. Clemson kicks off the ball. The guy catches it in the end zone, and instead of kneeling down, you're supposed to kneel down. That makes the play over. He turns and he throws it to the referee. Well, his first clue was that the referee just kept his hands like this. The ball hits him, goes on the ground. Clemson runs, jumps on the ball. This is the opening kickoff of the game. Touchdown Clemson. And so Scott Van Pelt is showing this and he goes, Oh no. And I don't know what's going on with this. This is an epidemic. I don't understand this at all. So guys run it. Janie's favorite part of football. Janie doesn't know anything about football, but if somebody breaks free, it doesn't matter if it's your team or somebody else's team. She goes, oh, look, they're going go, 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 go. And you're like, that's the other team. I don't care. I like it when they score. Can't take her anywhere. Um, So... Somebody breaks free, and this has happened twice this week, and it's happened about five times in the last year. Some dude's running down there, and he gets to the end zone, and he drops the ball right before he crosses the goal line. Well, in football, it doesn't count until you cross. And so it'll get there, and the other team gets on the ball and coaches. It is so bad that Ohio State, I read about this this week, Ohio State has a rule that when you run, you better run all the way into the end zone. You better take that ball and hand it to the referee. Then you come back and you hug your coach. Because it's so stupid to run all that way. The whole crowd is cheering and you drop the ball before the goal line. That's an oh no moment. Now, there's two different types of oh no moments. What I want in this whole series is about you figuring out how to use the wise oh no. Here's the wise. It's, you say it differently. So somebody comes up and they say, hey, let's do this. Or hey, you should go here. Or "or invest in this. There should be a, a voice in your head that goes off and you go, Oh no. Right? Say that. See, you can do it. The wise person does that before because then the oh no moment that that every one of us has, you get to a point of no return and you go, oh no, what have I done? I can hear myself saying this. When when you get to that point where you've crossed the point of no return and you go, oh no, I no longer have options. Before that, you have options. After that, so I want you to learn how to say, oh no. I laugh when my, Rachel's done this several times. And I crack up and I'm going, yes. Somebody said something to her, no. And she's, she's actually a little condescending, so I need to dial it back a little bit. Um, But but I love it when she's wise. Well, didn't didn't somebody tell you, didn't somebody warn you that you shouldn't do this? Well, yes, but I love him. Have you seen her? She's hot. You know, there's just I don't understand this. The the see danger and take refuge. The simple keep going and they what? Suffer for it. Two people, two responses, two outcomes. The question I have for you today is which are you? Are you the, are you prudent or are you simple? Well, let's find out what they are, and then you can have a you can you can evaluate yourself. Prudent means wise. All right, this is this is what um, Proverbs is talking about—the wise person. And this is all we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks—is wisdom. Um, Last week we looked, We talked about the guy who had no sense, the young man who had no sense, who walked by her house and you knew where the story was going before it ever happened. You knew that, that, that he was choosing the wrong path. Today we're going to look at the contrast between the wise and the simple. First thing you need to know about wise people is wise people understand that life is connected. All right. Wise people say, my decisions today affect tomorrow. My decisions today affect six months from now or six years from now. There's a cause and effect to my decisions. And so the wise person says, okay, if I'm on path A... And path A leads over here to to path B, which then leads, I think there's a really good chance I'm going to end up at C and C is where I want to go. The wise person says, let's go to path A. Let's go to path B. Let's go to path C. Let's end up where I want to go. That's the wise person. They live as if everything is connected. They ask uh, two weeks ago, we, we asked the best question ever, which is what is the wise thing to do? So you look at your past in light of where I come from, in light of my past, the things I struggle with, the sins that, that, that I, that Satan keeps bringing up to me in light of what, um, what I am healed from in light of what happened the last time I went there, what is the wise thing to do? In light of my present situation, I'm healed. I don't need any of that garbage in my life anymore. What is the wise thing to do today? And then in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? That's the best question ever. Wise people ask that. Let's contrast them to the simple. Simple means naive, foolish. What's that last Greek word? <laughs> Travis just waiting on that. When he goes through the early service, I think he makes notes about when when to make... Noises. Now, you need to understand. Proverbs uses these terms interchangeably. Naive, foolish or stupid. Now, the simple person I'm going to use simple so you don't get too mad at me. The simple person lives as if life is not connected. Now, I didn't say they believe life isn't connected. If you ask them, if we were to take a a poll today and say, how many of you believe your decisions today will affect tomorrow? Everybody would raise their hand. But the simple person lives as if they're not connected. The simple person says, okay, path A leads over here, and I don't want to go that way. But I'm going to get on path A, and I know that path B leads over here, and I don't want to be there. I want to be way over here. So I'm going to take path A, I'm going to go to path B, and then magically I'm going to be transported over here to H. Naive people believe that. that that if I just have enough hopes and dreams, that it's going to work. They they live as if the decisions today, there's no connection with tomorrow. The fact that it happened the last five times I went there doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Come on, give me a break. Somehow, the the naive person just doesn't connect the dots. They look at their path and they, they don't connect it. And some of you are thinking, okay, well, who would be that naive, that foolish, or that stupid? Every time... You eat something that you know you'll regret. <laughs> Hannah does this to me all the time. And, and because I'm over 50, there's certain foods I can't eat after seven. Why is it that it's those foods I crave? And so Hannah will go, Daddy, should you eat that? And I know she's 16. I'm like, no, but it's so good. It's usually Mexican food and it's usually spicy Mexican food. And so I'll eat it and she'll go and I'll eat it two hours later. I think I'm going to hurl because this stomach is not made for Mexican food. So I, I, I'm, I'm being honest. Most of the time I don't eat Mexican food after noon because I'm gonna, I know I'm going to have a two hour period where I'm just dying and it's not worth it. But man, when I'm tasting it, that's good. And by the way, it's, it's Mexican food tonight at, at small group. That's our food for tonight. Um, if you want to help your pastor sleep, then tone it down. Had a lady one time go, taste this. It's not hot. I, if you tell me it's not hot, I don't believe you. Because I've been down that path before. Every time you talk yourself out of exercising, you're, you're, you're following the naive principle. Every time you light up a cigarette, every time you lie to your spouse, every time you spend money, you don't have, you're acting as if today is not connected to tomorrow, that there won't be any consequences. You see danger, but instead of acting, you keep going. And the Bible says you will suffer for it. You live as if life is not connected. And we've all heard that that saying that experience is the best teacher. Really, the only thing most of us learn from experience is what to expect when we repeat our bad decisions again. We're predictable. I talked about that last week. Because isn't there something everybody here said, I'll never do that again. And then it presented itself and you did it and you live to regret it. That's That's how we are. The Bible calls that person simple because you kept going. You knew where it was heading. You kept going. Now let's, let's contrast again to the wise, wise people see danger and they respond. They do something based on what they see. Now, years ago, we did this, this study called experiencing God, one of the best studies. If you're a new Christian and you want to know how God speaks and how to hear God's voice, you need to do experiencing God in the, in the book. They have a little, I've never forgotten this. I've done this study like eight or nine times. I've I've forgotten how many times, Um, but they have this little stick figure walking down the railroad tracks and I don't like stick figures. So I went and I found this girl walking down the railroad tracks. All right. So here's the principle. The principle is this girl is walking down the railroad tracks. Now, we can argue whether it's wise to even be on the railroad tracks. But do you see anything in, the, in, the, in her future? Anything right there? Can you see anything? No, that's not a trick question. Do you see anything on the tracks that could harm her? No, okay. So let's say that this young girl, she's naive though. She's walking down the tracks. And all of a sudden, her ears hear a train behind her sound the horn. The ears go... Um, maybe we should get off this path. And the eyes go, I don't see anything. Let's just keep on going. And they're like, I hear this. It's coming from behind us. And and the eyes go, no, 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 you're overreacting. You need to chill. Let's just keep going. A few seconds later, the feet feel the rumble. And the feet are like, (laughs) we need to get off the path. And the eyes are like, Chill out. If there were danger, I would see it. And they keep going down that path. What's going to happen to that person? They're going to end very quickly and very painfully. And, and they're going to think something's not right. And I say, no, there's nothing wrong. Don't worry about it. Here's the thing. I don't understand why someone will keep going on a path when they know. And, and literally two steps either way is safety. Why won't she go to safety? Why won't you get off the path you're on? Because it's too much effort. Inertia, a body in motion, continues at motion unless acted upon by a wise outside force. Or a body at rest, remains at rest, unless acted upon by it. It's just too hard. I'll just keep going. And you're going to suffer harm. That's what the Bible says. The simple sees a wall. As they're speeding towards the wall, or they see the edge of a cliff as they're speeding towards the edge of a cliff. They see all these warning signs and they say, I'm just going to keep going and something, something will work out. And something works out all right, but it is not pretty and it's not where you want to be. And I know some of you are going, okay, okay, I get the simple, but I'm not simple. I'm smart. Do you know that really, really smart people have made really, really bad decisions? That happens all the time. Dave Ramsey, we do his Financial Peace University. Dave Ramsey made a million dollars in his 20s, lost a million dollars by the end of his 20s and learned that God has some financial principles. When he started using those principles, he became a success and he's taught thousands of people around the world that God's principles can be used when it comes to finances. Just being smart doesn't mean you don't make dumb decisions. And, and some of you think, well, I'm not simple, but I'm going to beat... The principle of the path. I'm gonna be the one person. You don't beat the principle of the path. It beats you up. Everybody else may lead it may lead there there, but not me. No, nope, nope. See, here's the deal. Some of you are gonna be convicted today. Some of you are gonna go, man, he's right. I need to get off this path. And you like being convicted because it reminds you. Conviction and guilt are two different things. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit convicting you. You have an oh no moment. Conviction, um, it comes from God. And you're going to be convicted and it's going to remind you that there's a God who loves you, who does not like sin, and you're going to feel convicted. Then you're going to walk out of here and do nothing. Week after week, people come in here, Get convicted. I should get off that path. He's right. I should get off that path, walk out to the same path, keep going, and they suffer for it. Conviction without action is not a relationship with God. Man, I got a lot out of church today. That preacher was talking to me. Well, what are you going to do about what the preacher said? Nothing. I'm not a fanatic. (laughs) What do you think I am? Let me tell you what you are. You're simple. You're naive. Jeff says stupid. (laughs) The prudent see danger and do something. The simple get convicted and keep going, which leads to two different outcomes. See the prudent, the prudent see danger. They take refuge and they look foolish for it for a short time. Hang with me. The, the prudent act like tomorrow is today. They act like the future is now. They they don't wait until they get to the wall or the edge of the cliff. They stop several miles back. And you know who makes fun of them? The simple. Lighten up, dude. Life's too short to be careful. You know, Noah looked really foolish whenever he built the ark. Put that picture up there, you, Travis, I found this, this, there are actually a couple of life-size replicas of Noah's Ark where they've got, you know, some of them have animals inside and all that. Those are all actually all people gathered right there waiting to go in when this first opened. I don't even know what state it's in, but that's massive, right? Noah looked really foolish when, when God told him to build this massive Ark on dry ground. Noah looked really foolish when God brought all the animals to him. Okay, I told early service this. I'm going to tell you this right now. Noah was not the original Pokemon master. This is a meme. Noah's the original Pokemon master. He went out. He didn't go to Jack. Read your Bible. The Bible says God brought the animals to him. So I will post on your Facebook wall if you're stupid and say that he's a Pokemon man's master. God brought the animals to him. When he gathered all those animals on the ark, he looked foolish because the ark was on dry ground. He looked foolish when he went out and he got all the supplies for him and for all of these animals. And then when God closed the door, he looked foolish because they sat on dry ground for seven days before it started raining. People were like, man, that Noah, he's an idiot. I bet it stinks in there. But you know, you know the first raindrop that came down. There was at least one person go, you think he was right? And all of the naive, simple people said, "Nah, let's just keep going. What happened to him? Noah looked foolish, but in the end he was, he was kept safe. And we're still talking about him thousands of years later because he was the wise one. He avoided pain and suffering, and and if a reporter had been there, you know, in the Olympics, it makes me crazy. In the Olympics, I don't know who these people are that do the the, the interviews, but they'll interview somebody right after a race, and they're breathing hard. How do you feel right now? <laughs> you know, I'm going. Let them catch a breath. Or if they lose, like it uh, wasn't it, Allison Felix that fell down. No, the other girl fell down, dove across, and Allison lost, and she was shocked. How do you feel? Not good. <laughs> you know, I'm anyway. If one of those reporters had been around when, when Mo, uh, Noah and all of his family come down and they're resting on dry ground, we know that doesn't happen because they're the only ones, right? No one, his family alone to survive. But if a reporter had been there and they'd shoved a microphone in his face said, how do you feel? The first thing, Janie and I was talking, we we're talking about this yesterday when we were going, we went to see Rachel for uh parent's day at the uh, SFA and we were talking about this and she said, you know, that Noah looked around because when a worldwide flood came, it, it radically changed our world. Where it used to be beauty. You think about what you've seen with a flood. With a localized flood. You imagine a worldwide flood. He looked out and then there's no one. There's no sounds. There's no birds. He's got everything. She said you know his eyes flashed sadness. Because he tried to warn people. And nobody listened. But if she had said Noah how do you feel right now. I bet he'd say. I am so glad. We saw danger. And took refuge. I'm so glad that God warned us and we did something about it. You can't ask the other people. You can't ask the the simple people because they died. They're not around for the interview. See, simple people, they whine and say, how could God let this happen to me? You need to understand, God works through principles, whether it's financial principles, He's got marriage principles, He's got relationship principles, He's got business principles. God has principles. And, and I found one of these, this, this little sign. Put that up to Travis. Um, what, what is this, what is this sign warning someone about? There is an edge of a cliff. Now, the wise person sees that and says, what? Stop. Don't get close to the edge. What does a simple person do? A cliff? Let me see. I don't believe there's a cliff. Right? (laughs) You can try to break the principle of gravity by walking and living on the edge of a cliff, whether it's financial or relational, whatever. You can live there, but you're probably going to fall. And if you, if you go out and literally try to break the principle of, principle of gravity, be sure somebody records it so that we can show this in your honor at your funeral and, and laugh at your stupidity. God's principles are firm for everybody. It doesn't matter whether you believe in principles or not. God has them. And everybody here has at least one story of we went down a path and we suffered for it. It's like the guy who's 60. And he says, you know, I'd like to retire at 62 and a half. Do you have any retirement? No. Is he going to retire at 62 and a half? Here's the thing about the guy at 60. Back in his 20s, somebody said, you should save for retirement. He goes, you're right. I should do something in his 30s. Somebody said, you should save for retirement. You should save more. Now you're right. You're exactly right. I should do something. Kept going forties, fifties, sixties, at 60. He goes, Oh no, he actually goes, Oh no, I I don't have time to recover. So when you're at 60, that's not the time to ask about financial planning. I mean, unless you really, you need, yeah, you're going to work until you die. When you're pregnant is not the time to think, do I really love this guy and do I want to be attached to him for the rest of my life? I saw this Facebook uh, meme this week and I thought, you know, this goes with this sermon. Boys lead you to the bedroom. Men lead you to the altar before the bedroom. Because here's the deal. A year ago, Let's say a year before you got pregnant, you had options. You had good options. One of them was run. Once you commit sin and you suffer the consequences for sin, you don't have those same options anymore. You've got options, but very few of them are good. So you need to be very, very careful. You passed this point of no return when people were yelling, watch out, watch out. Not me. I'm going to break this principle. And all you did was break yourself and led yourself exactly where you are today, because that's where the path you chose led when you're addicted is not the time to evaluate whether alcohol is for you or, or drugs or even pornography is for you. That's not the time to evaluate it. There was a time when you had options, but there's going to be a time. If you keep going down that path, your options will be passed. And see, there's two areas where the principle of the path can save you from so much pain and suffering. It's relationships and it's finances. I read a Facebook post the other day. I, I, I read a lot. I don't post a lot, but really the only thing I ever post is if I take pictures of my family, if we're somewhere or I post stuff about the church. That's the only thing I, you'll see me, um, share new life community Cho- churches post. That's about all I do, but I read a lot. This young lady that I haven't seen in years. Um, she, I, I know her name. Honestly, I don't know what her last name is because she's had several relationships. She's been married. I don't know how many times she's lived with several different guys. And, and so I don't, even know what her last name is at this point she said she posted this meme and it said some people want to marry a man who is a finished product I like a man who is a project and then she started talking about how she had prepared all these guys she'd done the hard work and then and then gave them to somebody else and when she when I read this I said then you must love misery because you just Now, there's no such thing as a man who is a finished project project until he dies and stands before Christ, right? Or a woman. (laughs) Yes, amen, brother Doug. There's no man. We got to narrow down our options. I mean, what my mama told me, you're going to marry someone you date. And when you're a teenager, you go, duh. Duh. But what I started realizing as I got older was, if I date the right type of girl, I marry the right type of girl. You've seen people marry the wrong folks, right? Narrow down our options at the beginning. That's what wise people do. And see, never evaluate your finances or your relationships on where they are today. Evaluate them on where they're headed. Let me give you an example. I I've been whitewater rafting a couple times. I'm I'm one of those my wife is the wise one. My wife is like there is no reason to get in a raft. And certainly no reason to get in a raft and go whitewater rafting. I like that stuff, but we were in Colorado. I took a youth group years ago. We're in Colorado and and me and one of my best friends, we're, we got these kids, they divide us up. And it was funny because the the rapids were serious enough that you had to have a guide. You could not, it was illegal to get on the the river without this guide. And so, um, the guide takes us over. We get our life jackets on. That's required. You got to paddle. And so he starts looking at us. He goes, okay, you and you, me and my buddy, he put us in the front and then he put the smaller people. So to the back, and then he sat at the back. He was going to steer us. And he goes, okay, when we come to the rapids, here's what you do. He said, you two dudes at the front, you're the key. You dig into that water. And it was cold, cold, cold water. He said, you dig in and you, you, you paddle like crazy. Cause you've got to keep us straight. If we turn sideways, somebody's going in the water. So you guys are the key. Now we actually had pictures of this and I I meant to get one and show you. in, In every picture of us, me and Chris, we're digging in and all of the teenagers behind us are hiding. We're going, you sorry suckers. Cause it was cold, but anyway, so we're, we're digging in and he made us practice this on dry ground before we even got in. We had to get around the boat and we had to practice. What are you going to do? We're going to do this. What are you going to do? They didn't practice hiding. They pretended they were going to paddle. Well, so then, then when we're in the calm water, he said, okay, let's practice again. And we're going, okay, we get it. But the water's really cold and the adrenaline's really flowing and it's easy to, 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 to not want to do what you should do. The simple look at this and they go, ain't this purdy? I think, I think, I think I'll just live right here. Well, there's a current. No, I'm going to stay right here because this is pretty. This is peaceful. This is good. So he says, you hear those rapids? Nope. I don't hear nothing. There's a sign up there that says rapids. (sighs) I don't believe in signs. I don't believe in advice. I don't believe in wise counsel. Now, by the grace of God, we didn't do this because me and my buddy—we're like, we ain't going over. We're not going to be those guys. And and but but, do you want to be like that? So quit acting like it. Quit pretending that tomorrow. Is not affected by the decisions today. You're living like it. Stop it. The prudent think. I've got to be ready. If your spouse says we need to talk. Your spouse is being prudent and saying. We were at A. Now we're at B. It looks like we're headed to C. And right after C is D. Which is divorce. Divorce. The simple go, nah, we've had two really good days where we didn't fight. And the spouse goes, cause you're out of town. (laughs) Nah, let's just keep going. Let's just keep on going. Sad thing is a year from now, some of you would give anything. If you could come back to today and choose a different path. If you're single and a married person starts hanging around you, run. If you're married and a single person starts hanging around you more, your cubicle or wherever or what, run. Facebook, all that, run. Delete Facebook, all that stuff. Get out of there. If you're married and someone you're not married to starts hanging around you, run. That's what prudent people do. But the simple, nah, it's okay. The really stupid say, I can handle it. All right. It's your divorce. Let me give you four action words and we're finished with this. Four words for the wise person. And actually the first one is action. Do something. Break up, sell something, move, change jobs, do it today. Um, Hannah all of a sudden has decided she's interested in Baylor University and it is not because her father is a graduate of Baylor University, it's because she went to Pine Cove and she really loved her counselor at Pine Cove and her counselor from Pine Cove is a junior at Baylor University so she said, Daddy will you take me to a Baylor game? I would love to, I'd never been in the new McLean Stadium so we go to this Baylor game a couple weeks ago and and she wanted to see this this counselor and when you go to Pine Cove they have nicknames you don't even know the name of your counselor, there's a nickname and, and it was Honey Barbecue, I don't even know but Honey is short so she calls Honey, if you hear her talk about honey, this was her her counselor. So we go to see Honey. We're at this this coffee shop, and we're just sitting there talking. And and you know I'm trying to give them some space. And the, th- this girl is really wise. And I was listening to her. I'm listening to what she's saying. And and so uh, I'm, I'm going. I, this is cool. I, I'm okay with Hannah hanging out with this this lady, um, this young lady, junior in college. And then then somehow we got on her. I always ask people their stories. I like to hear their stories. I said, okay, how'd you get to Baylor? All this stuff. Well, she said she goes, okay, um, you need to understand something about my family. And I said, okay tell me. And she said, everyone in my family married their high school sweetheart. And I go, Oh, That's, that's funny. And she goes, no, my grandparents on both sides, my mom and dad's parents married their high school sweetheart. Mom and dad married high school sweetheart. She had an older sibling married high school sweetheart. She has a twin married high school sweetheart. And I'm like, so did you do that? And she goes, nope. And I said, why did you break the trend? She said, when I was in high school, I was dating a guy I shouldn't have been dating one day my dad took me to lunch and she said, having a good time talking to dad. And dad says, baby, I need to talk to you. You need to break up with your boyfriend. He said, I don't expect you to do it today, but I expect it by the end of the week. I said, what did you do? She said, I broke up with him. I said, really? Because no one ever listens to my advice. I said, really? I said, why did you do that? She said, I love my dad. I respect my dad. And he's wise. Looked at Hannah. I said, I like this girl. (laughs) And in fact, driving home, we stopped at Taco Bell. And and I said, I said, baby, you want to know the most incredible thing that honey said today? She goes, what? I said, she listened to her daddy. (laughs) And she goes, I hope I would do that. I said, me too. She goes, I I think I would, but you know, I said, I'm I'm okay with you hanging out with this young lady because she went up about 10 notches because she's got wisdom as a junior. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Do something, do it today. The prudency danger and take refuge. Don't talk about it. Don't pray about it. Don't talk to your pastor. You take refuge immediately. Simply feeling bad that you're on the wrong path or acknowledging, yep, I'm on the wrong path. He was right. That's not doing something. You have to do something. Second is sacrifice. That's what honey did. You have to give something up and we don't like giving something up. Sacrifice. 90 days, same as cash. I don't have to sacrifice Jack. I have all kinds of stuff I can't afford because I don't want to sacrifice. You may have to sacrifice a friendship. We've had to do this. You may have to sacrifice a job. You may have to sacrifice a home, a car, or something. Or you can keep going. It's too complicated. It's too hard. All right, don't, don't come back whining to me when you suffer. Number three is embarrassment. It's like the story of Noah simple people don't understand when you're wise and they will make fun of you for it. they're going to think you're crazy because they're only looking at today but you're looking down the road you're acting as if then is now your decisions will make simple people uncomfortable but here's the last thing you need to know you will feel relief one day because you went down a path that led to wisdom and the path to destruction and the path to suffering is filled with simple, naive, foolish, stupid people. Does anybody want to be called that? Then get off the path you're on. Or keep going. And suffer for it. Did you bow your heads? i got four questions I'm going to ask you right now first couple are, are yes or no questions. And, and I'm going to ask you right now to answer, but then I'm going to ask you to write it on your card in just a minute. First question is, yes or no? That's is, this is the only two options. Have you ever chosen the wrong path? Second question. Are you currently on the wrong path? Third question. What are you going to do about it? You're going to keep going or you're going to you're going to choose a new path? Fourth question. Who are you going to tell that you're changing paths so that they can hold you accountable? If you could have done it on your own, you would have. You couldn't, so you didn't. Willpower is not enough. You need God's power and you need at least one other Christian holding you accountable. It's why we need people to to go work out with us because we're really good at making excuses. Father, would you change us from simple people to wise in your eyes? We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.